back to another edition of the Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell, once again joined by Father Jack Berard. Hey, Bill. And Father Scott Woods. Hey, Bill. Today we're going to discuss the sins of jealousy and envy. Father Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Stop staring at the coffee. I saw you. <laughs> oh, I'm just jealous of your, you know, middle-aged white woman flavored coffee. Hot buttery rum. Don't it, don't sleep on it. It wasn't please. the hot buttery rum. The fact is, you put the the several layers of pumpkin spice as as your you know. Tis the season, Father. Tis, tis the season. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now I say that, but you know, I was shopping with my mom the other day, and um, and we bought a sampler pack of Sam Adams called Sweater Weather. Um, which is, you know, cause it's getting that time, but it's mm-hmm. still 90 degrees outside. So yep. I don't know why we, we got it, but, um, except for I went and they had one of the options is called, uh, Jacko ale and it is a pumpkin flavored beer and I haven't tried it yet. I had, <laughs> you know, I, can't remember I feel that way about all beers. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. Jeez. I know. That's how my parents used to put me to bed when friends came over. They just give me a little sip of beer as a kid and Thing I always associate it with sleep. There's a, co- there's a podcast in itself right there. I know, I know. But yeah, I'll get angry during that. That's podcast. probably frowned upon these days. But anyway. anyway, yeah. So that, I just thought I'd throw that out there. That it's not that it's like it is that time of year that we we should be drinking. You know, pumpkin spice everything. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so we're um. You know, I think these are probably some of the the most common sins, and I honestly, it's one of those things. I think you know. Father, I'm sorry, we're, this is about to change our, our confession hearing, but I, I feel like a lot of people are not going to come forward and say, you know what, I am jealous. I am envious of these things, right? Um, but it, I don't hear it actually confessed a ton compared to some other sins. I, I mean, it's not that I think people don't um, don't r- realize that they are. I think one of the things that does happen is it's become so commonplace, like it, it's become kind of a joke that like we don't even recognize it as a serious problem, at least in the culture. Um, because honestly, part of our culture is built around encouraging, <laughs> you know, envy, uh, and, and, you know, uh, you know, coming, especially coming off of was it last week's podcast on social media, right. That, that, that just is, a um, you know, it's built for this idea. It's built to, to create envy in the user, uh, to encourage them to, to use it more. Um, but it, I think it'd be, it'd be, it's necessary, I think to, um, to, to really kind of define envy, right? Because I think, you know, we, we think of things like the green eyes and all that kind of stuff of the green eyes of envy. But um, but just to kind of have a, a, a working definition, uh, we can turn to, to St. John Damascene, right? The, debatably the last of the church fathers. It's either him or Bernard of Clairvaux, but uh, Damascene is a little earlier, so I like him. And he, uh, he says, envies, envy is a species of, species, excuse me, species of sorrow, and says that envy is sorrow for another's good. Um, so it is, it is a response not to, uh, to the self and, and how one, you know, I'm acting, but rather it is the reaction to what someone else has. Um, and, and we can see that, that St. John Damascene keeps it purposely vague, um, you know, kind of allowing for the full breadth of, of where envy can be seen. Um, you know, he doesn't say it's for for 
uh, only only you can only be envious over certain goods or certain types of goods, but rather just their good. Um, you know, oftentimes I think envy happens you know, when we talk about it, especially to kids. It's it's over material goods. You know, I'm, you know, don't be don't be sorry because that person has the toy that you don't have, which still is true in culture in adults. But the toys are now technology and uh, those kind of things. But um, rather now we're looking closer to, you know, an understanding of, of the person's good overall, right? So the fact that somebody else has happiness, blessedness, sanctity, um, those things don't or now cause sorrow in myself. Um, and we, we, we kind of recognize, like, yeah, I don't want to be that way, but I don't think we really respond to it at all. You know, I don't think we really... Um, kind of um, work to um, fight it off, fight off the sorrow that comes from that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think immediately of Paul's um, exhortation, right, which is, you know, we, we weep with those who weep and we rejoice with those who rejoice. Um, that that's the call. I, and I, you know, I just remember hearing that over and over again in, in formation for, for the priesthood is like, that's, that's the call of the priest. See, in, you know, then every time it got said, that's called the priest. So like, cause that's the call of the Christian, right? Is to, is to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Um, and not to try and do the other. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Father Scott, if you, if you have anything to add to that, just at least a definition of it. Well, uh, so just to move to just asking the Lord, you know, we always need to, to be doing our daily review of conscience is really to, to ask the Lord to help us to be self-aware, um, not just at the end of the day, but throughout the day. Hence the, the Jesuit tradition of, you know, of stopping in the middle of the day also and doing that review of the conscience, both for the sins that we have committed, but also the ways in which the Lord is present. The Lord wishes to really illuminate our consciences to help us become more self-aware, and and then to go deeper when we do see that that type of jealousy, where is this coming from? Because I, I think a lot of times, whenever I've experienced that temptation, it's coming from uh, a lack within myself, or think, or seeing a lack, or believing a lack within myself, mm. and uh, and of course, God's in place to the side. <laughs> right, right. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's just exactly where, where envy kind of leads us is, is it leads us down a, a path of, of, you know, fear, right? And fear in a, in a broad term, a fear, like, and almost an inadequacy, right? And, and an inability. It's, it, it does kind of strike very much at the core um, of, of who we are, right? And so um, it is, it is very helpful to kind of really kind of, as we, as we dive into this, um, this teaching of 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 the church on, on why why envy is so problematic, we're able to kind of look at it as from that point of view of being able to say like okay, like this is this is a real real something to, <laughs> to go at you know and um I, you know and I I would love to I just want to point out that kind of taking the step back and you know because I um you know. Bill, Bill made a comment as I walked in the room. He goes, oh, I see you brought with you the dumb ox, which is St. Thomas Aquinas, because I brought in my uh, volume of the Summa that deals with envy, which you know, was only a couple pages. But but it's it's good to see where he places envy. He places envy 
as a vice opposed to charity. Mm. That that even though it it does deal with the self, you know, it deals with how our interactions with it, but it, it is a sorrow. It is a problem that like not necessarily everybody sees. Um, he still says it's a problem. It's against love. You know that that when when we are envious of another, we we destroy that room um, in our heart to be able to to love one another and and God um, is is the ultimate problem. Um, so I just I just think it's important to kind of take that step back and see that that's where envy that's what envy strikes against and and because of that like it, it's seriousness right because any any sin against charity really almost you know it always pushes it closer to to a mortal sin not necessarily every time it is a mortal sin right because mortal sin needs all three conditions to be met um, but it it does at the same time uh, have that. Um, I kind of wonder if, if I remember as a seminarian taking a class on the on the friendship, and it dealt with how the ancients and then the moderns, and and of course with uh, with uh, Aristotle. And I wonder if he's thinking that the friendship of the good, and how the friendship of the good requires to have a true friendship of the good. That I I desire that the friend advance even beyond mm-hmm. myself. I desire and I rejoice as much in the friend's triumph as if it were my own even if that means the friend is in a higher place in terms of their, of their reception, receptivity of wisdom and, uh, and just how, how jealousy makes that impossible. It, it, it stops one from having that friendship of the good and therefore from growing from it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's it is that's, that's where the core of this is, is that we, it it turns us selfish, right? And then so it turns us against our nature, right? You know, um, our nature is to be social, right? And it's and and you know, a political being polit- from a neutral point of view, not not a political like governmental, uh, but po- as in from politics, from the the people um, that we're not meant to to live alone, right? We're always meant to have a certain community, a certain yeah, a, an amount of friendship that that envy stands in the way of. So I think it's, yeah, it's very, very poignant to be able to, to point that out. Um, so, so then, you know, we kind of, as we turn to it, we kind of should look at, um, you know, where, not just, not so much just where it causes or where, where it comes from, right? The cause of, cause of envy. Cause, but, but rather like, how do we practically kind of root it out? Cause I think, you know, you talked about the, the daily examination of conscience to be able to be in, you know, to pray for that grace to be illuminated. But, um, but you know, as we do that, as the, you know, as the Lord kind of places it in our hearts, Hey, we're, we're going to try and root out envy. He, you know, most, you know, the way God reveals himself, um, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So there are certain things that, um, that, that always seem to work. Right. So, um, so I guess like, as we kind of, we kind of see that there's a sorrow that comes from, from, another is good we we should kind of i think see you know that, that the solutions to envy are, are are dependent upon the good in others that we see right so when it comes to um you know how how i overcome an envy for somebody else's spiritual good is different than how i would overcome the envy for someone else's material good um so it's probably easier maybe to talk about how do we how do we stop being envious or jealous of and knowing that those two words have a slight 
nuance to them, but the same problem is our, is our inordinate attachment to another person's good. Um, how do we overcome that desire, that, that sorrow uh, for somebody else's good? How do we stop, you know, like the, the material goods? I think, because I, I, I would say there's like two big <laughs> Thing. Log off of social media. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I mean, you got you got that. Yeah, log off social media. Um, but I think there's like basically two big tracks. I think one, and then you can kind of go from there. One is is <laughs> fix fix the the problem, right? Sometimes that, that is enough. And then the other one is to um, fix our desire for it, because I think I think sometimes and sometimes you have to do both. You know, I you know I kind of. Um, you know, you can, you can be kind of envious for, for a material thing, and it's just a matter of you haven't gone to get it, right? So, like, you know, I, you know, te- te- I'm teaching Latin to a bunch of eighth graders for from our parish school. God bless you. <laughs> no, they're great. Um, and and I don't think any of them listen to this, so I can say whatever I want about them. No, <laughs> uh, no some of your parents are listening, I know. Um, but, but they, uh, you know, for some of them, you know, the – for zero of them, Latin is coming naturally. You know, some of them are, are good at it. and um, But one thing I'm kind of seeing is, like, one thing I've, I've known and just my own having to learn languages and um, is, like, there's an amount in which sometimes you just got to put the work in. You know, like, if I'm jealous that somebody else has, has gotten this this thing, well, for certain things, you can just, okay, work at it. Go get it. <laughs> you know, like... Um, you know, so, so the guy across the street has a better garden than you. Well, then, then you have to put in the time to fix your garden, you know, or, um, like that's all you got to do. And, and that, that might be able, might be enough to solve the envy because part of that recognition is that we, we see in ourselves, uh, and uh, using this very technically that an evil and, uh, we call a privation of good, a lack of the good thing. And so if I get that good thing, if I acquire it, well, then I'm all set. So for some material goods, especially if they are truly good, you know, we can solve it by attaining them, right? And I'm also thinking like, all right, if I'm envious about somebody's fitness level, well, then I got to work out, right? You know, Um, but I think the other one is often what we have to also address, which is to fix our desires, right? Which is a process, Right to be able to say, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't need it. So how do we kind of grow in that, maybe detachment, of of material goods? You know, like what? How how have you seen? Where have you seen success in in people removing themselves from a desire of of material goods? Yeah, especially uh, being a, uh, a chaplain at college and in high school, people highly motivated at both institutions that I was at. To be successful um, materially, and and often came came there to those institutions, for especially to be successful and mm. and, uh, and to make a good amount of money, and and it, it really has been um, when they recognize there's more to life than that, that that and that you know there are those who've achieved that and still aren't happy. Mm. You know, there are those who've achieved a lot of money and a lot of success, and and yet it has not fulfilled them. Yeah. Uh, that they were made for more than that. Yes, it can please one for a time, but it, it's it's we were made for so much more. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, as you were saying that that there is kind of this very, um, you know, cultural trends start very very slowly, right? And you know, 
I think we we kind of are seeing the effects of certain things that have greatly um, changed in our culture, right? You know, and the sexual mores obviously are, are a big thing that can change because, you know, of of a couple of small changes, right? You know, the Lambeth Conference accepting contraception for uh, married couples, and then no fault divorce was a huge change, and then that really swung everything, and it really became hard to stop the train. I would say now one of the big things that we're We've, I think we've already lost the battle, but I think we can w- win it back eventually, but it's going to take some, um, a lot of things, time and patience and, and suffering, but um, is that the culture doesn't promote forgiveness, right? Because f- forgiveness is one of those very unnatural virtues, but it's truly supernatural, um, I think, uh, at least in terms of like this is always a good thing. And so we, I, I mean, I see it as like that becomes part of this, this is where the cancer culture comes from, I say, is that a person makes one mistake and they cannot be accepted again and they can't be listened to about anything. And that, that even if it's back in grade school. Right, right. And that, that becomes the problem. And, and even, I would even argue, just as problematic as that is that you don't even have to make the mistake. You just have to have the appearance of it and we can't, you know, the, the person's name becomes mud for, for a long time. And so, you know, you know, with those two things, you know, at stake, I think I think the one that that we're slowly seeing um, that is very tempting is is a move towards envy now, um, in that you know we we're the culture has been encouraging material you know, that that successfulness, right? And and I would say there are two big things that happen that I think um, we don't do enough to fight against, and and even the certain Catholic institutions have accepted wholeheartedly, which is one, the fact that schooling is for material success, right? So the trend that, why do we need a four-year college? I just want to get in, get my computer science information and get out of there and get to work and, and make money. They want, you know, vocational schools, but for things that are what they consider higher paying or easier, whatever it is. So you got that on one end, rather than the fullness of of what the liberal arts education is meant to be. That's like traditional Catholic education even. And then the other one that, that comes is, uh, you know, is, is just as you were kind of speaking, Father, you were, you know, that, you know, people aren't fulfilled uh, by gaining material things. And then, and I see this trend on, you know, on social media um, of saying, yeah, but, <laughs> you know, uh, basically the, the the idea is that that's what rich people say to poor people you know that money can't buy happiness to keep them poor and it's and it is a a, a really subtle thing and you're like you hear it first and I've heard it and I went wow that's kind of true or you know maybe that is true you know that um but the reality behind it is that you know it's it's a shift in mindset it's the shift away from um yeah from from being able to accept what we do have and rather allow for that sorrow to take place in our soul and our discontent that then allows for us or encourages us to do something else about it. So, you know, at its most extreme, it's the, um, it's, you know, rioting, (laughs) right. And violence and, and an overthrow of, of, of a system, which is openly encouraged in certain corners of, of society and and it's scary to think about you know I, I mean I think we should all be working for justice for sure but 
Um, but we have to be, I think we have to be cer- certainly attentive. And I think this kind of comes out of, of um, not encouraging this virtue of, of charity and rather kind of being complacent in the virtue of, or the vice, I should say, of, of envy. Um, and not to belabor the point and, go, and, and keep referring back to social media last week, but <laughs> due to social media, I mean, I know more about my friends now than I ever have because, you know, yes, because, you know, I know so-and-so just got a new car because I saw it on Facebook. And I know that so-and-so's child was just accepted into X university because it's on Facebook. And I think, um, so I think that's, I think it's, it's more present in our daily lives than ever. It seems to me. And I think envy is one of those, and not that many vices aren't this way, but it's like, it's like this tree with a bunch of branches, you know, it's like envy's the tree. And then you've got Okay, so you're not just guilty of being envy, but now you're you could be self-loathing or or <laughs> you know all these other things that it, that is a result of that, and it just seems like it's like this downward spiral for many people. Absolutely, I mean, um, you know, this is just one, but you know the the daughters of envy, which is a real thing, you know, is kind of a similar model, um, are, are hatred, tail bearing detraction, joy at neighbor's misfortune, and grief of others' prosperity, mm. right? And so we, um, you know, we begin to see, I mean, some of that is just kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. But um, but we kind of see a certain, you know, it's a, it's a discontent with with what we have, right? And uh, now, not to be, not to be, not to be confused with your, so what you're saying is it's okay to rejoice in your friend's misfortune, say if like the Cowboys lost or something, that's a good thing. <laughs> Certain things are okay. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Others, not so much. I mean, well, okay. Well, we got to be careful there, there, Bill, because, you know, maybe it is fortunate that, that <laughs> someone would be humbled, you know, in these moments, you know, to, to be honest. So we're not rejoicing at their misfortune, but rather that God has offered them the opportunity to be humbled in such a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, it's a danger. Um, no, and, and I mean, that's just it, right? Is that, um, we can, we, but I think, I think as we kind of you know, get into that, those causes, I think we got to really, you know, I, I find that, that one of those helpful things to tell people as, as they struggle with, with envy is, is we really have to become content with what we have, right? Which is not a, is, it's not an American virtue. <laughs> right, we're we're always we're always called to to grow bigger. Um, you know, I think I think the American dream of of seventy years ago worked because it wasn't self centered. You know, at least at least from my you know, I mean, obviously I wasn't there, but it was I want to build a better life for my family, and so it kept that away. Unfortunately, that's that's not hasn't been true for a while. So it's, it's no longer just. A house for the family, the one car in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, and and the idea, but the idea was that like it could, you, upward mobility was meant to be a generational process, and now it is. I am supposed to get to upper middle class to upper class, and if I don't, there's a problem, right? Well, and by a certain age, right? Well, then that's that's, <laughs> that's a whole different patience problem, but <laughs> you know, I think, and so I think we we do have to be able to encourage. How do we how do we encourage that contentment? with with what we do have um and i think i think one of the biggest things that we can 
we can in, encourage in our, for ourselves as we're listening or, um, or I, I mean, I think I tell everybody who I talk to is, um, as we, if, if they have any sign of this is just to kind of have a litany of gratitude, um, to be able to be really specific with things that we're grateful for, because too often we're all, we start to think of, I can't believe I don't have this. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not married when I want to be. I'm not, I don't have the amount of kids that I want. My husband doesn't listen well enough. And it's like, my iPhone's five years old. My iPhone's <laughs> five years old, right? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and then you're like, okay, you're right. It does kind of stink. But the other end of that is, nobody's trying to kill you today. <laughs> like, there, you, you have air conditioning in your house. You, you ate meat today. You know, there's so many things that we just completely overlook. And that, I think, is, is a great entrapment of, of the devil is to, oh, yeah. is to breed that discontentment when I think, um, yeah, gratitude towards God gets us really strongly out of that, this, this temptation. Yeah, even psychologically, uh, we were listening to a talk and you said that uh, people who are particularly grateful have far less depression. Mm-hmm. Um, when they do have it, they get over it faster or through it faster. You know, here we're not talking about clinical depression, but this that, that the sadness of depression that comes at various times, whether weather or because of other things in life. Um, and then, uh, and then we know that exactly that, that, and that's exactly the advice I give to people who are dealing with jealousy. Is is just every time you start feeling jealous, just immediately start thanking the Lord uh, for all the many blessings He's offered you, and that. Uh, this, this, because really it's a temptation to the fantasy world. It's a mm. temptation to the unreal. It's a temptation uh, to put God aside. And so we need to immediately bring the Lord into, into it. So that we're then brought into reality. You know, wherever God is, that's the real, the really real. And, and isn't that kind of part of the, the first temptation that man ever received? Mm. Like you will be like God, right? And, and that, that was it. It was, it was a certain sadness of what they didn't have when, everything was provided for you know i think we sometimes forget that it's like it's it's it almost seems like a flaw in the system where it's like we're we're like naturally envious because we know there is such a greater being and it's like we can either learn to walk with him and see what he has planned for us or we can say you know what somebody else is going to tell me how to get there and give me the shortcut you know and i i, I think it's it is yeah, this really, it comes up one of my favorite movies, uh, The Tree of Life. And there's this uh, between the tension this boy feels between his father and his mother. And the father, at one point you hear the mother's voice talking about the, uh, the difference between the way, the way, uh, the way of man and the, and the way of the, of the, of, uh, the world, as it were. Mm. And uh, that just that this one way you see concrete and you see just dissatisfaction, no matter what, what, what they give him, what they have. They're they're blind even when all the world is filled with love and, and filled with opportunity and 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 so this the way of grace that was it, it was a, this this way of grace as opposed to this other way and that we're called to this way of grace which just illumines from within because you see this with Mother Teresa you know, she talked about this the poverty the greatest poverty she said was in the West mm-hmm. um, and that she saw so much joy in these super poor families. Who were just thankful for everything they had. Yeah, 
and how many of our kids are, I've seen kids, <laughs> my own family, that was one of them because I was the only child for eight years before my sister was born. And I just remember at times being surrounded by toys going, I'm bored. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, I need to be nothing sad because we were made for more. Right. Right. Father, you, you brought up the, the spiritual side of this too, the, of envy or jealousy. And I, you know, you all, you all hear it in a different venue than I do. You hear it in spiritual direction and, and perhaps in the confessional, you know, I hear it from, uh, from new, new Catholics, you mm-hmm. know, each year, how, <laughs> how, you know, the inadequacy they feel, you know, when they quote unquote see so-and-so is always at adoration or so-and-so's goes to two masses on Sunday Spiritually. and things like that. So treat that the same, I mean, uh, treat that the same way, or is that a different, you know, I, I think, I think to an ex- it's, 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 it's a subtly different because I think Great. with, with material things like there, there's a certain amount in which you just have to, you know, kind of, kind of grow up and, and move beyond it. Right. And I, you know, I think, I think it's kind of fair to say, um, with spiritual, I mean, it can be kind of, it can be a bit different because the good is different. Um, the good is, is, so all all material goods, all physical goods have a have a mediated nature. They they reflect God, but it's a pretty weak analogy, right? When it comes to spiritual goods, the spiritual gifts of others, you know, a lot of times we're dealing much more directly with God Himself, right? And 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 the relationship with Him. And so we we kind of have to tell, you know, advise in a different way. Um I mean one of the things is um because oftentimes you know, you, you know, you mentioned the amount of time somebody can spend in adoration or go to mass or whatever, but oftentimes it's also, it's even just the, um, the gifts that somebody has received. Right. So whether it's like a, a healing thing or so-and-so is just, you know, just, you know, well, you got prayerful or, or, you know, so prophetic or whatever. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that's lost is that, uh, all of those things that we talk about, right? The, the, the gifts of healing and prophecy and, and those, they're all great. The charisms are all really important and helpful. They're really not important. And I, I mean, in a, in a, in a certain sense, right? Because it becomes about the love of God in the end, right? Is, is, do you think Paul says that's the, the gift? Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing that endures forever. Um, and so, when it, it really becomes a, I, I mean, I would argue even it's a little bit of an intellectual exercise in terms or treatment where it's like, yeah, you need to train yourself to stop thinking that way. Like you need to, you, you and only you can do this convincing yourself of, of, you know, saying what is truly important, right? Uh, it is God's love truly the most important thing in my life. And, or is it what he has done for me? It's a, it sounds like it's not a big deal, but it's infinite, <laughs> the difference. And so um, so for me, I mean, I, I often say, you know, to people who, who are struggling with this, it's just, you know, you got to kind of recognize what are, you, what are you working towards in the spiritual life? Um, because, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of say, oh, I'm working towards holiness. Okay, but, but what does that mean? in the end and and how is that truly going to be lived out and you know i don't know father scott if you have uh maybe more yeah just i think uh i reminded of the uh 
find the witch in the wardrobe. Sorry to bring up so much. Uh, uh, and uh, not that book. Actually, it was another one later on. But but uh, the little girl, I think it was Lu- was it Lucy? I think I can't remember which of the children, but she was jealous of her sister Susan. Mm. And at one point, she opens this book, and she's in it. There's a there's a spell that can make her her look beautiful and take take from Susan. And at least in the in the BBC version I saw of it, Susan becomes more plain and she becomes more beautiful and and she's really getting sucked into this into this type of thing. And then Aslan kind of comes in and, and, and this is what she realizes that it's the absence of 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 God's love for us mm. and the in the absence therefore of our own value in his eyes and where our value really comes from. And that it's it's not um in the in the achievement of spiritual heights for for that sake, yeah. for the sake of spiritual heights that others might admire us, or that we just feel good about ourselves. Yeah, but that at the core is this relationship of love with the Lord, who already is in love with us, yeah, and already desires us, and is already seeking to to aid us in every way possible, and and that that's what we're really called to wake up to, and that this is this then becomes a distraction because it's one of the ways the evil one discourages. People striving for holiness is is and you see this again and I think I mentioned recently in the homily with uh, again C.S. Lewis with uh, the the guy in the screw tape letters who goes to church and the, the one demon the demon says uh, uh, says to his nephew don't worry he's going to church don't worry just have him look around like other people <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. in that case it was to feel feel superior but but I think in other times we look around exactly we become discouraged but as we're looking around we're not seeing Christ. Yeah, you know, we're just we're just filling our minds with, and we're and we're making the spiritual life and just into another material thing in a way, yeah. another thing to have to feel good mm. rather than be good, mm. and to kind of be able to lord it over potentially other people. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough because we look at it and we're like, but isn't that isn't it good to want to grow it, you know, to grow in these things? And the answer is yes, it is. It's of course good to grow, but it we can't want to do it and. And at the cost of somebody else's, right? And it shouldn't hurt us to want somebody else to do well. And um, so I think as we kind of look at that, at the, at the whole picture, we're, um, we're also kind of recognizing, you know, the reality of the good, of what a, what a true good is, which is ultimately God, uh, who is infinite, who can keep boring. So like, uh, just like, what is, uh, what is that line where it's uh, about love, where it's, it's the only thing, it's kind of like... Um, where as it's shared, it never is diminished, right? And, you know, you know, I always love the exalt that has a similar line about the light, right? The light of Christ that, um, though shared, is undimmed, right? That that as it's spread out, it only helps grow for all, right? One person holding a candle is good. Two people is better for the whole room, right? And so spiritual goods are that way. But what problem is, is what envy does is it is it turns it off, right? It it it. Sh- it it shrinks us rather than opens us to see the the greatness that is truly at store, um, you know. So, you know, with with that in mind, right? Um, maybe just as we said, you know, because we mentioned doing a daily examine or examination of conscience, like what are you know, what are the some of those feelings maybe that come? We, we, I know I called it sadness because that's what Saint John Damascene said. Um, but you know, how does that envy kind of hold, you know, how, you know, play out in the human heart? You know, I think, you know, sometimes it is, um, an anger, um, 
I think oftentimes we can hear it when we're, we're sharing with one another. Oftentimes the phrase, can you believe? <laughs> can, you, can you believe that so-and-so Wait, did you that? Said, you said it a lot, fuck. That's because, wow. 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 Father Scott. Father Scott, shots, I just want you to know. Shots fired. That was a mistake. And we're all going to mark the time in the day of Father Scott's greatest regret at Sacred Heart. Because this is what happened with Father Larry. Is I was kind to him for months, and then he took the gloves off, and and I don't have a I don't have a filter or a, or a slow down button. Um, no, um, so, but yeah, no. The, 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 can you believe so and so did this or has this or or went out with? You know that tends to be a sign of of envy of heart. Um, or maybe some other ways in which we can. Well, well, I think that's really good in conversation. How easily that happens, even with us brother priests. Yeah. You know, just oh, kind of yeah. one person brings up a good story. Your meet your first thought is, "Oh, I must have a better one than that." Yeah. <laughs> that no, use, that's you know? that's excellent. Yeah, that that wanting to the one-upmanship the of one, a conversation, yeah. right? Is um, is yeah. I mean, I think it's the you know. Every, every once in a while we recognize the person who's whose wheels are turning as as you know you're like looking at somebody and you're like oh that guy's that guy's got his story in the in the you know cocked and ready to go um you know and yeah i mean i would i would say this uh, and how to defeat that is because uh, I, I just remember especially in college seminary for me it was a really, really great temptation uh at the, super super talkative at that time and and, and like the and and I just remember as I began, as the Lord started showing this about myself, he, what He started helping me see is that okay, you have to really, you have to really give yourself to listening, mm. and and rejoicing in what you're what you've received, and not always think well now I have to have something. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I can think to myself. There's certain people who I know who you know, amazing listeners, right? And just are just so incredible with eye contact and, but like real eye contact, you know? Um, but, you know, I, I gotta say what they're, you know, uh, we have a brother priest who is really excellent about when, when certain details come out that are great. And I'm thinking of Father Ray Schmidt. He, you say something to him and you'll just hear him kind of go, oh, praise God. Like real quick, you know, real simple thing. And I'm, so and it's, it's, it's just one of those things that I think I find, very encouraging and 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 also you know more than just like active listening as a trick but tr- like a truly like a care that that actually makes them rejoice with those who rejoice and but then weep with those who weep i think it's a great sign of so we need to put a webcam in the rectory tonight because you get a bunch of priests and seminarians staying there oh. and you're all going to be trying to one-up each other yeah. with all your stories yeah. right yeah probably that, he- that last healing mass i did <laughs> I had three people fall over. <laughs> what did you do with your life, right? Um, now, I mean, yeah, and it is. It is a huge temptation, though, for, for, for every person, no matter what their state in life. So it is important. And I think as, you know, as we, you know, maybe a final little hint I mean, or re-encouragement is just constantly work on that gratitude, right? And gratitude really is a, a state of mind. It is a, a, a willful choice. To, to return thanks it's you know as a, at least in terms of a virtue it is very much a habit um that that can quash this vice right that turns us away from charity that turns us away from desiring the good for the sake the good of the other for the sake of the other um that we just sometimes can subtly lose and you know it's not always sinful just keep it in mind you know even you know, St. Gregory the Great talks about it that way of like, you know, there are times in which this is not sinful and, you know, we're, we have to be okay with that. But, um, 
but we, we should be aware in our hearts, like where am I, am I upset that somebody else has what I don't have? And, and then to say, you know what, God, but I don't need that. What I need is you, right? Like, and, and I need to be content with the perfection that you have offered. Um, because we just, one of the things I think it helps us to remember is that humility to say like, cause I don't know the whole thing. I don't know the whole story that'll play out. Um, so father Scott, maybe you want to offer a blessing to, to the listeners and, and, to you know, kind of give them the strength to overcome those fears and overcome those, those, um, um, and just and just since you're not here last week, I apologize ahead of time what's coming your way since you won't be here. And now that Father Jack feels emboldened to just completely. <laughs> you know, so don't listen to next week. Yeah. <laughs> the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we first thank you for, again, giving us this time, always in your presence, to meditate more deeply upon um, those things which block out love those things which um, truly try to bind us and, and to take away our freedom, that interior and exterior freedom that you desire for us. And so in that awareness, we ask, Lord, for an increase in that charity, an increase in that love for each other and thought and word and deed. We ask, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to uh, continue to awaken us to temptations against love, against charity, uh, through that temptation to jealousy, uh, to envy, so that we might immediately turn to you in thanksgiving for all of your many blessings and rejoice always in your name, that our lives may be a song of praise to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.